Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, Olivia Hydar, back in the cut. Hi, hello, it's me, back in the cut again. (laughs) Back in the trap. Olivia, how's it going? Oh, you know, things are great, I think, in general, all around. You know, we got armed loonies uh, storming the Capitol. We we, We still have a pandemic that our government isn't doing anything about. So I'd say 10 out of 10 so far. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Here I sit hosting a conspiracy podcast and cheering for a militarized police force to put down the citizenry. Strange times. Also yeah. joining us, special guest Sliceberg Slim, who is my co-host on Pod 6, a podcast about the films of Spike Lee and a music Hell producer. Yeah. Sliceberg, how's it going? What's going on, Adam? Um, pretty good. Just um, I'm actually curious, where was all this 5G technology you promised that was going to fuck up crowds? No one deployed it. <laughs> exactly. I was waiting for the 5G lasers. Yeah. Well, the problem is that, you know, the the DC cops, they used up all their tear gas and their rubber bullets and riot control gear last summer. So mm, they could true. they just ran out. They just didn't have any left for the for these people <laughs> who were storming the Capitol. That is a good question I mean, though. I do want to know where that active denial system is. Like of all the places you could you could have launched it. Yeah. Maybe just a BLM. What's oh, up? absolutely. It's in the BLM only locker. <laughs> yeah. they, that's why they couldn't get into it. There was, a, you know, they didn't, the key would only open if it's uh, if it's for BLM. That's it. Sliceberg, you're in Baltimore, which is like, that's not D.C., but it's not far from D.C. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much near um, all the fuckery. Yeah. How's it, how's it feel to be in the in the heart of it? Like, I feel like we're all going to be in the heart of it at some point. Yeah. very soon once this becomes a nationwide thing but yeah how how did, what were your what were your thoughts being that close to it as it was unraveling um it's weird because baltimore has a kind of a almost a strained relationship with dc um as far as like um i guess entertainment life or just kind of like a lot of people from baltimore go to dc to party but not yeah. the other way around so it's like okay. um I, this might be controversial but DC, even though we have the DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, hmm. we're not as close as people think we are. As far as like, we may be close geographically, but we are so different. Yeah, like as, I, uh, I did a show in Baltimore a few years ago, and I stayed with my friend Nicole, who lives in DC. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a quick drive to and from the club. No, it was still like an hour which yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, pretty far. That's that's <laughs> geographically far enough for things to be very very different, and they did both seem like very different places. Oh yeah, for a lot. I'm not of happy being close to it now that this shit's happened. I'm definitely not happy being close to DC. But I mean, if some shit goes down, maybe I'll get wiped out quick. I don't know. <laughs> That's all we can ever hope for, any of us. Yeah. I think that's that's everyone's dream apocalypse scenario. Unless yeah. you're one of these maniacs. First wave. Yeah. Yeah, first unless, wave. Unless you're one of these maniacs who fantasizes <laughs> about toughing it out 
in a basement for four years. Like, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> but couldn't stand being in a their apartment for a month. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Without, without getting real her. survivalists. Yep. Yeah, you know, you know, the thing we're talking about is important because we didn't really even have to say what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> it's one of those weeks. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows we're obviously talking about a bunch you know of what it is. QAnon maniacs storming the Washington Capitol, the, <laughs> the capital of the government. And what we're specifically talking about is I can't help but feel like not just with QAnon and in recent years. But I'm starting to get the sense that white nationalists or I think it's more like anti-government extremists, like right wing anti-government types have let themselves get kind of honey potted by the Internet. And I feel like QAnon is kind of the culmination of that. And I, I described it on the Unpops podcast that went up yesterday as kind of like the the mass suicide moment for a death cult where they yeah. finally decide, all right, we're going to pull the trigger on that thing that is going to lead us to our salvation. And then you do it. And Oh no, the police are shooting us in the chest. Not as many <laughs> of us as they should, but yeah, we are being shot at and the government is not being overturned. What now? Yeah. And I do think it's important to draw a distinction early on between because I, I think that this is a kind of factionalism that kind of gets lost in the in the national discussion. Uh, where at, like we're talking about anti-government radical people, like the like the people who hate the federal government particularly. Not like whereas that is not I don't think a representative of the entirety of the far right or white nationalist movement. Right. Uh, because a lot of them, even if they profess small government goals or whatever um a lot of them are totally in favor of the government as long as it's doing what they want and hurting who they want uh whereas the there is definitely also a strain of people who are just flat out totally anti-federal government uh militia types right and i want to make it clear that i'm not giving the government credit for anything here like, I'm definitely not saying the American government is some kind of savior that is going to cure us of the ills of white nationalism and then stop at that. I think sure. the government just wants to get rid of dissent on both sides. Sure. So yeah. they happen to be the first side to strike that they. Yeah. Well, I was like, I mean, do we have any doubt that if Black Lives Matter protesters did try to breach the Capitol? That, I took exactly what happened. Oh well, yeah, they, I mean like, it would have been worse. Right. It would have been insane. Like I know that's like that's like a cliche now at this point to talk about like if it were if it were Black Lives Matter doing this, like how the shoe would be on the other foot. But like, but for real, like we saw how they reacted to generally very peaceful protests uh, that only resulted in small business damage and that sort of thing. Like we saw how they reacted to that. If Black Lives Matter protesters tried to take the fucking Capitol building, uh, they would have drone strike people like there would have been drones in the air for months. Right. But I, I think like what happened over the summer just emboldened the people who stormed the Capitol even more because sure. they have somehow conflated a peaceful protest, which here's the thing. 
if you're one of these people on the right who's like, mm, Black Lives Matter, they rioted and they damaged buildings. One, like I said on the pod yesterday also, if you equate an auto zone being burned down with the Capitol being stormed, yeah. you're you're just dumb. Like it's not Slightly that you're different. it's not just that you're wrong, it's that you're dumb. Also, <laughs> whenever there was violence during those Black Lives Matter protests, what was the story every time? The police started it. The police, yep. for some reason, didn't find it in their hearts to start it this time. Yeah. And it's Shocker. Can I say something? No, this is not that kind of podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Damn it. Go for um, it. From a black perspective, let me oversimplify it. It's almost like, let's say America is the parent. Mm-hmm. Black people are, are the the ill-treated black child, and then you have the, the spoiled white child, and the white child sit back and watch the black child um, pretty much to what they think throw tantrums about not being treated fairly. Then the white perfect white child goes out and does something. Now the black children look at back like, now how are you going to punish this white child like how you punish us? So black people right now really kind of watching like how this kind of unfolds. But we already know how it is. But now the yeah. world will see this is how America operates. It's kind of it's really embarrassing. The whole world yeah. sees it's like it's it's not a good look. No, oh, yeah, and it it really is. It was it was one of those things that really I think laid bare for a lot of people who were maybe in really deep denial. Kind of laid bare all of the foundational lies of this country that we have been brought up on for decades and decades uh really kind of exposed a lot of that for what it for what it was which i is you know i guess if there's any good outcome that that's one of it but yeah yeah i mean people are still in denial like i'm not i'm not i'm not an idiot but like you know it's at least nice to have it out in the open a little bit but the world now sees how dirty 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 laundry (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I also want to add, I obviously have like everything I'm going to say here is a hunch. Like, I don't have any proof <laughs> of any of this. No hard, no hard evidence. But those, here's the like thing. FBI files. If you can find it in your heart to believe only liberal elites are involved in child sex trafficking, you can let <laughs> me do some theater of the mind here with your theory also. Sure. <laughs> like, come on. And. Yeah, like what I think is that white nationalists are about to walk into a trap. I think they already did, and I think it's going to happen a lot. Like, if we know anything about the United States, we know we're good at putting down a movement. And if you think we're not, ask the Black Panthers. It's not like we had like one or two skirmishes with the Black Panthers and things, you know, just magically went back to how they were before. Like, that was a long, extended effort that we spent a lot of resources on. And I think the the first thing I want to talk about in regards to all this is this idea that there are two sides to the American government. I don't think that's actually true. Like we get to vote for two sides and one side or the other feels a little better about the country, depending on if their side is in office. But the American government has always kind of had the same goal. Like we have one goal, at least since... Like the 80s, maybe? Like, well, before yeah. that, way back to the 1900s, like, our goal is protecting the corporate interests that rule our government. Yeah. That's the outside influence on our government that we should be most worried about. It's probably the foundational crisis in this country right now is the degree to which we kowtow to corporate America. And that's always kind of been the thing. So, 
I feel like the idea that the American government would want to align with Trump supporters is kind of silly because you have to think about what Trump support, like all the Trump supporters who uh, claim they didn't vote because they're super duper racist. What did they say they voted on? Trade and foreign policy. Sanders and Trump were very similar when it came to trade and foreign policy. It's just everything else they were radically different about. And like you even saw some of that with Trump, like we want to think he really wants war with Iran, but when it came down to it, he just assassinated one guy and then John Bolton left because we wouldn't drop any bombs on Iran. Yeah, like Trump's whole hawkishness i mean i like his supposed hawkishness is has always been kind of overstated i i i think the danger of him as a as a commander in chief is more that he is an impulsive idiot who will just have there's always the chance that he'll just do something stupid that he feels like he wants to do at that time and that would cause an international incident more than him actually engaging our military overseas in like a tactical maneuver, which has been pretty low, especially compared to our past two administrations. Yeah, he has like not engaged us in a bunch of wars. And here's the thing. Since when does America love that? Like, and I'm not talking about us. I'm not talking about me and you and Sliceberg and the people listening to this podcast. I mean, the American government, like since when do we not want to be at war? We spend so much money on defense and the people who get that money and spend that money and the corporations that help us fight those wars, they're not just going to put their fucking hands up because Trump is in office. If you voted for Trump, you have to realize it's not going to be that easy. Like what American president has ever come in and really changed things without like getting shot in the head like JFK. (laughs) Yeah. And even he didn't change like a ton. Yeah. (laughs) Lyndon Johnson signed the civil rights act right into law. So, but so I think that's, you at least understand that's, that's the point of reference I'm working from, which is, I don't really believe there are two distinct sides to the American government that both want radically different things. Yeah. I think, I think it's a fair assessment to say that we have a far right party in this country, in the Republicans, and we have a conservative party in the Democrats who ha- that has a burgeoning progressive wing, but still basically serving the same masters just through a less extremist lens, fulfilling the same basic goal of the Republicans at, uh, of, of days past before they kind of went off the cliff. Right. And the other thing you have to keep in mind that people on the far right especially are super afraid of is government intrusion into people's lives. And if you think the American government's going to give that shit up, you you must have missed 9-11. <laughs> like, yeah. we seize every opportunity to intrude into average citizens' lives. Like, the FBI can look up your browser history without a warrant now. Oh, yeah. We know the NSA can just intercept phone calls. Like, we know all the things these people are capable of, and they're they're doing it. So they're not going to like let Trump and his supporters come in office and be like, okay, yeah, you got to get rid of all that. We can't, we can't be getting into people's lives in this manner. There's no fucking way. But and again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about the difference between the anti-government types and and a lot of the, and a lot of the other guys is I, I think there's a, there's a large group of them that don't care that the government is spying on people because 
they think that the government likes them and they're just spying on the people that they don't like like and and getting them for things and and not and not going after trump supporters and and that sort of people yeah and i think that speaks to the naivety of trump oh supporters. absolutely yeah yeah anyone in this country who thinks the american government is really working in their favor you're rich right. if you're not rich there is absolutely no way you should feel that way. Like there's no evidence that proves it. Like there's nothing to suggest no. that the American government really has the best interest of the the little guy in mind. We are beholden to corporations and profits. The, the only evidence that they want or need is that the government hurts people that they hate. And that's right. that's good. That's close enough to helping them for for them like that that's you know the best that they can hope for what changes now now that they see actually i'm a little concerned about the some of the police who helped during the um situation now those are the ones who like if this happens again where do they stand now that we know that the police are divided maybe somewhere against it maybe a couple but a lot might have been in favor of what happened yeah hence why they why they helped a little bit yeah that's that's been my concern forever and ever like i've Every time I've said Trump won't leave office peacefully, I've followed it up by saying we're going to hit a point where we have to hope the police and the military do the right thing. And <laughs> I feel like Sorry. a lot of Trump supporters, and especially these QAnon idiots who stormed the Capitol, have it in their head that a really significant portion of the military and police are on their side. And I feel like they're wrong. I feel like really? they're being set up to hmm. test that theory because you're already like, is the FBI not arresting people? Like there are people already on no fly lists. There is video yes. on Twitter of a guy crying in the airport because yeah. <laughs> all he did yeah. was storm yeah. the Capitol and now they're calling oh, yeah. him a terrorist and he can't fly. It's like you dumbass <laughs> getting a small taste of what it's been like to be an Arab since 9-11. Basically. Wow. <laughs> and so even if the police didn't shoot as many people as we wish, this isn't going well for the people who did it. But it's also not going as poorly as it could have. True. Mm. I mean, I'm not to them not to try again. Or is this enough? To yeah, stop that's the thing. I think that I think if anything, they all they feel emboldened by this. And that's mm. the thing. I think I think that big confrontation is what the government wants. And that's kind of like the whole point of this, because if you think about it in the big picture sense, one, this is a problem we've been dealing with, I mean, forever, but at least like in the public eye since the early 90s, which yeah. that's 30 plus years that we've had. So what, let, let them think they won a little, like, let them think this is a small victory for now. Kind of. So they can do it again if we can crack down harder. Because what's what's happening now? We went from a summer of people on the left being like, why can't the cops stop shooting people? And now, even though they're very different things, now a lot of us are like, why didn't the cops shoot more people? Yeah, and I, so I've seen this, a lot of that. But Go I ahead. feel like if this happens again, if you're the government and you want to draw these anti-government types out, these people who think they are bold enough and armed enough to actually take on the federal government, you got to let them try it once. You got to let them try it once and you got to shoot one of them once just to let them know. 
And now they think, well, we got in and only one of us died. And like most of the casualties were on their side. So, right. So, so we like can say, I'm sorry. Like if it's if, in their mind, if this is a war. They only lost like, like you said, maybe one or two of their soldiers. So this was kind of a success on their mind on their part. So let's, Let's go bigger next time. There were people quoted on the way out walking past cops saying, you didn't take it. We gave it back. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of true because you're a bunch of uh, remote control sheep with Trump's finger on the button. And he put out a video and said, go home. So you went home like a bunch of boot licking government idiots. That that is true. They did just fully go home. It is. It's just so I just as a quick sidebar, I don't want to derail anything, but it is extremely funny and telling to me that they had no plan for once they got inside the building. Like they didn't do anything. They just kind of took selfies. That's actually and that's, played pranks. That's actually not it does, it seems like that's not entirely true because there there were the people with the zip ties, like they found bombs. Well, yeah. I think they had I think they had ideas. Right. Things that they wanted to do, but like he didn't use those zip ties really. Like, you know, like they could have easily taken hostages, even if they weren't Congress people. <laughs> they could have easily made demands, even if they were just holding the room, but they didn't. They don't have demands because they don't have any needs. They don't right. really have any yeah. wants or, or, or actual like policy. They just wanted to fuck around. It felt like a video game. Like it felt once they get in, the game was over and they won. Yes. Yeah. I got in the the castle. It's over. Yeah. (laughs) I did hear at one point that when that first crowd went in, if they went a different way, they would have gotten into the Senate chamber while people were there. And then we have no idea. But as Chet Wilde pointed out on the Unpops podcast this week, for some reason, they got in the Capitol and then started following all the velvet ropes and shit. It's like you can take, well, you just bash wait, wait, through wait, the wait. police. Why don't you just take the <laughs> take the velvet ropes down and spread out a little bit? You gotta because, respect the velvet rope. You gotta respect the rope because they're morons <laughs> and, who have no like agency. They just they just do what they're told. Yeah, this, it's just they're naive. Did Trump say, "Watch the rope"? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the velvet rope yeah maybe it's like trump enterprises on it or something <laughs> the rope is implied authority <laughs> yes like they just so they just follow it because they are used to following authority it's just so like they they did that there was also that one of the most striking videos of the whole time that i found so fascinating was the video of the singular Capitol Hill cop holding on, like holding a stairwell as like a whole mob of the guys who eventually made it into the Senate chambers, like kind of slowly charged him. But like, it was just one guy. They could have just gone around him or he could have like shot them, but he didn't do that. And they didn't do it. It was just a very odd standoff that really, it, it was just like, he didn't want to escalate on his side for some reason because now cops don't like to escalate uh and then they were just like so cowed by his authority while also still wanting to make their stand it was just very fascinating i I, I don't don't really have anywhere i'm going with it. i just found that to be such a interesting video for one are we sure that guy had a gun i don't know if all the capitol police had 
guns because he kept pulling a he baton. Like Why if he had he? a gun, I feel because yeah. he pulled a baton and didn't hit him. Like if you're going to pull right. a weapon and not use it, you pull your gun, obviously. And Unless you don't have any intention to shoot, which is good gun safety. Yeah, but then you're being a shitty cop. Like at that well, point, he is a shitty cop. He's a, <laughs> we have a factual video evidence that he is a shitty cop. <laughs> but I think that moment also kind of speaks to the the feeling I think a lot of people in that Capitol had were. Are we really doing this? Yeah. Like, is this actually vibe. working? Yeah, absolutely. I, got, I don't think they planned on getting in. No. I got an idea here. Okay. We give it three months, open the Capitol back up, put velvet ropes outside with signs <laughs> that say, rioters, enter here, and have ropes and signs throughout the Capitol directing them to one room, because they're going to follow it. <laughs> just have a bunch of soldiers in there with guns ready when they go into this room. That's just... <laughs> They're going to follow the direction. Just have the little signs and shit. They'll go right in and bam. Yeah. Yeah. It might, it might work. I mean, yeah, people are real worried about security at Biden's inauguration, but I think maybe velvet ropes might be the, just put some velvet ropes up around Biden and no one will will get close to him. Yeah. Just put up a red carpet that leads (laughs) to one of those, uh, machine gun mounted Nissans that explode (laughs) after they kill their target. Like, Oh, my God, yeah. Like Jesus. Israel used to take out that Iranian nuclear scientist. It's one of my yes. favorite stories of 2020. That was, Not that he that died. Was wild. Like, that was like assassination well, is bad. Yeah. But, oh, man, to that, do it that, that car was insane. Breaking yeah. bad fashion. I love it. Yeah. So I actually think this, in my dream version of this, I think this is a plan that probably started as soon as the Internet started. Because we had, like, if you flash back to the early 90s, two things happen right at the beginning of the decade. The internet becomes a thing that people can use. Like, the first internet message boards were operational by, like, 89, 90. And immediately, anti-government types start using the internet to spread their message. And it seems like that would be a downside for the government, but of course it's not. Because the internet reminder started as a government thing. Like that was a government network that the government used to keep people connected. And then at one point, the government was just like, here you go. And we were all like, okay, we'll take it. This seems fun. And Al Gore, no less. Yeah. They gave them the tools to, as you say, pretty much they gave them the tools to do this with and just much. I would argue. They gave them the chemicals. Now they're building this, they're building what they thought they would build with with what we gave them. Pretty much. Yeah, I would argue the government has been giving us the tools to spy on ourselves since at least this moment. Like once they were like, once they slid the internet across the table, we were done. Like from a surveillance standpoint, we were done. Really, we never should have taken it. Like anything that's getting slid across the table like that, you know, it's shady. You don't want to take that. It's not worth it. The craziest part is we went into it with this sense of, oh man, the internet it's the Wild West, baby. There's no laws. You can get on there. You can do whatever you want. But the problem is that meant the government didn't really have any laws either. Yeah, it took a while to figure that one out. Like, yeah. we were so dumb about it. Like, even up to when Facebook was a thing, there were people, like, posting themselves, like, doing beer bongs at 3 in the morning before they have to go to work the next day. And they're like, well, you're fired now. You're being, you're being a yeah. shitty employee. And they're like, you can't look at my Facebook. It's like, yeah, everyone can. That's, that's yeah. kind of the whole problem. Right. But also, like, it's cool that they can monitor people, but also they had to figure out, well, 
what about the it actual? Cool. What well, it is, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I feel like they also had to figure out. Well, how do we stop the information we don't want to be spread from spreading? You can't take on every incident by itself. And I think what happened, and I feel like there is actually some kind of like MK Ultra documentation to this effect. I feel like the government maybe kind of started the conspiracy theory industry that popped up in the early 90s, because then it works the same way as tabloids. The National Enquirer prints a bunch of bullshit stories, but sometimes their stories are real stories that people took to actual outlets, and those outlets were like, we can't fucking run this. We have advertisers to think about. And then the National Enquirer is like, we don't, and they'll fucking run it. (laughs) I read in notes you wrote, uh, if you sent me, that's pretty genius. I think I'm going to start making lies about myself like that. That way, none of this is true. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying all kinds of wild shit that I've never done. That way, who knows? Yeah, yeah there you go. You heard what about me? Did you hear it that from is... the Washington Post? Then it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. That is literally the Trump playbook. <laughs> like, that is yeah. just, just tell as many lies as you possibly can, and then eventually people will start believing them. It's actually a brilliant strategy. I know so many people who are very, very skeptical of our elected officials, but also they're, they'll hear like a, a scandal mentioned and they'll be like, well, the government denied it. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, the government denied it. They're not like, what evidence are you waiting on that isn't the evidence you've had presented to you already? I hate that term when someone says someone denied, like, has anyone ever said, you know what? I did kill that person. You got me. No one ever does that. Everyone (laughs) always says, yeah, I didn't do that shit. Yeah. Who wouldn't? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't. And so, yeah, like we kind of had two choices when the internet started. We could either do that. We could either discredit anyone who breaks from the official government line as conspiracy theorists, or you do what China does and start cracking skulls if people Google the wrong thing. And that's not us. Like, we don't do that. We're good guys. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's similar to, I mean, you know, it's kind of the same playbook as the, as the UFO, you know, Project Blue Book kind of denial things, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Like it is, you know, they, they go out and they, and they say, this isn't real. This isn't real. And then they put out a bunch of things like, you know, it's aliens, it's all this stuff, but really they're testing like experimental aircraft or some shit. And yeah, it's, it's a classic, classic tactic. Yeah. There's a. God damn it. I always forget the name of the documentary, but we did an episode about it. It's about a guy named Richard Doty. Documentary is called Mirage Men. That was his that was his actual job when someone would. And this was like when people were doing it in magazines and shit. Like if someone presented information that they thought exposed a government plot or something the government was working on. If it was an actual thing the government wanted to cover up, they would send that guy out to be like, you're right. You don't know. (laughs) You don't understand how right you are. You're so right. I'm going to give you more information that proves even more how right you are. (laughs) And that would all be bullshit. And they would publish that and people would be like, you fucking liar. Like, (laughs) No, how can we ever believe anything you ever say again? That was his whole job was going out and doing that to people. So it's not a stretch to think the government would try to kind of put that same thing in place for the entire internet. And like the early 90s, that's also when conspiracy theories really started being 
not really a mainstream thing, but when they started becoming really popular. And so now if you're the government, you have conspiracy theories, you have the internet, it's a place to spread them. One thing you could do that I think they did do is you can put people into that community to also discredit that community. And one of the early examples of that, there's a conspiracy theorist named Bill Cooper, who was like, if I die, the Freemasons did it. And he got like shot and killed two years later. One of his Uh early, like not early, but one of the things he always brought up was when Alex Jones first started surfacing, he was like, that guy is a government plant. (laughs) That guy is here to make the rest of us look bad. And someday I'm going to do that Bill Hicks, Alex Jones episode of my dreams, because I feel like there's more to that theory than people give it credit for. But anyway. Well, I I do want to say, I think, I think part of the difference though, and I think something that does need to be said is that I don't necessarily know that the government needed to even be involved in the creation of any of these conspiracy theories or anything just due to the nature of the internet as a place where so many people can go and say whatever the fuck they want. Uh, I think they could just, you know, they can easily just rely on someone else uh, saying that and letting that do it, letting other people do their job for them in that way. I would agree with that if it weren't for George H.W. Bush, because one of the things that really sets the conspiracy theory crowd off is the New World Order. And the New World Order was a conspiracy theory that was limited to really militaristic extremist right-wing groups, like anti-government groups, not even necessarily racists, but anti-government groups who were worried about the government encroaching on our freedoms. And it was limited to them at first. And then in the early 90s, George Bush gives this speech that has come to be known as the New World Order speech, where he's like, we're entering a new world order. And he's like hinting at all this like one world government shit. And it's wait, wait, what year was that again? That was 1990. Now, that that same year, that's when hip hop started to go towards a lot of um, conscious rappers. That speech was like that speech is in so many rap songs, especially a lot of Wu-Tang yeah. shit. Like they started to talk about, you know, new world order. It, it got into rap pretty quick and that's a lot of information about that spread too pretty quickly yeah, yeah. it's almost as if they kind of wanted to rile people up a little <laughs> bit because also 1990 the year stormfront.org goes online it started as just like an internet bulletin board but it has been online since 1990 so immediately wow. the government had to be like all right well they're using the internet of course thank you that's great now how do we get them talking more yeah. George Bush gives a New World Order speech. And then Pat Robertson in 1991, the 700 Club guy, writes a book called The New World Order. That's how the religious right got, I think, involved yeah. in this. And he's like, look, Christians, the government wants to uh, make you all communists. They want a one world government, a one world police force, and uh, they're coming to take your guns. And so now the entire conspiracy crowd is like, shit, they're coming. Uh, I just would like to say uh, to any of our overlords who are monitoring uh, this podcast that I think the one world government, new world, new world order, that, I think that sounds like a great idea. 
I just I'm I'm 100% for it. Just one government. That's it. I, I, that's all we need. That would be great. Go go team. If that's what it is, go on. I'm for it. Yeah, I think the New World Order and the Illuminati both at this point are American intelligence psyops <laughs> meant to identify people who are prone to questioning the government. Yeah, the Illuminati thing is just like there's just no way that one is just way too fantastical for for it to be even close to real. It's just like it's way too it's way too fun. Like you can't really <laughs> you can't like there's no way that that our actual uh ruling conspiracy is so much fun. There's not parties, there's not robes, there's not like, you know, secret handshakes and shit. That's just way too good of a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean if it is true, I still want in. Like Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> like I said, one world government, new world order, great idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm only if saying, I get to. I'm, I'm for it. If I get to be Illuminati, it's a great idea. Well, yeah, I mean, if it if, if, if I, get, I get to be Illuminati, if I get sure. yeah, if I, can, if I can be at that table, yeah, yeah. If I if I'm getting crushed under the thumb of UN tyranny, then no, I want no part of it. <laughs> what does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. I will never understand how the government convinced groups like this to use the internet. Like, how would you not be suspicious of that? It, like, this is the part I can't explain. I, I, I mean, I just, I just think that the, the internet is just such a self evidently powerful communications tool that almost any group of people who are spread out around, across the country or the globe are going to be tripping over themselves to want to use something like that, even if it's being monitored, even if they know it's like people know the internet is being monitored now and yeah. they still love using it. I use it. I use it every day all the time, but like, and I know that it's like, it, it's got this deep dark underbelly and that it's being monitored and shit, but like, it's such a powerful tool or at least it could be that I think that potential is attractive enough to even get like a super paranoid anti-government type involved. Yeah. I I feel that way about TikTok right now. <laughs> I know so many yeah. people who are like, ban the Nazis, Jack. <laughs> also check out my TikTok. It's like half of this was planned on TikTok. I, like, yeah, yeah, I honestly, that was the big, like I, I, I consider myself unfortunately fairly up, like up to speed on what the, Nut, nut job fascists on the internet are trying to do and i was not aware of the massive push of fascists and right-wingers on tiktok i really was surprised by that do you think they dance yeah i want to know i want to see them dance to like um, a country boy can survive yeah, that's, a that's a requirement they have to yeah fucking <laughs> dance steps while saying the holocaust isn't real <laughs> jesus yeah, this is weird they, all of all of their dances have 1488 steps <laughs> listen it's a uh, ace of bass <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh well, we're bringing it back it's a good pull. ace of bass yeah speaking of fine. speaking of 1488 or whatever the stupid number is 
Uh, one good thing stupid number one good thing that has come out of this capital riot is i have a phrase that i'm going to carry with me for probably all of 2021 anytime i'm even minorly inconvenienced this is my 1776 i love that so much (laughs) so many of them were like this is my 1776 like no it's not wow no not even close you're i wish it was that would have been cool like you motherfuckers are about to find out alien technology is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not yeah. I I feel like even Storm Area 51 is part of this where people were like cuz remember that they were like they can't shoot all of us at once. Oh yeah. And, right. and, but then the military was like, "No, we absolutely can <laughs> shoot all of you at once. I don't want you to be under a mis like understanding." Wait, wait. That's a good point now. Now, now wait. If they charged the Capitol and only one person was shot, what would happen if they charged Area 51? Would they get they as would, close as they got? No, they, they might. They might, cons- they might be able to crack the secret for us. They can't I, shoot I, all of them. <laughs> I think the military has a much more vested interest in protecting one of its bases than in the more than a Capitol. Yes, really, absolutely. I think they're much. I think they're very self-serving as an organization in general. I don't think they want anyone touching their toys. Yeah, the military is extremely suspicious in general. More than the government, though. Very sus. Yeah, I. I feel like the government would absolutely sacrifice Mike Pence if it meant the world not (laughs) finding out we did something with that Nazi alien technology we got after World (laughs) War II. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think everything is pretty much on the table right now. Like, I think saying that anything is a certainty or a certainty to not happen is kind of foolish because oh. things are crazy, <laughs> very crazy right now. A little bit. So basically, basically anything could conceivably happen. A little crazy. I mean, I would love if in the next week before Biden to like uh, was tried to inaugurate i can't say that he's going to be inaugurated i just say they're, they're gonna try but like before i think if in the next week aliens should come that would be great if they just came and they're just like we're just fu- like we're gonna just fuck you all over we're just gonna we're yeah. doing the stephen hawking thing we're just gonna like wipe you all out but you, we'll take it slow so you get to be scared and that'll mm-hmm. be the, that'll be the alien thing it'd be great i'd be for it it would be amazing yeah again Aliens, if any aliens are listening, I just want to say, I've always been a fan, always supported <laughs> the alien cause, um, always always on board with whatever probing or uh, abduction type plans that you have. I'm an ally. I'm an, I'm an yeah. ally in. Ally in. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Right? So let's go back to, to what we were talking about. The New World Order speech happens. The New World Order book comes out. I want to remind everyone, George H.W. Bush used to be the head of the CIA, so he knows a thing or two about plots and plans and putting down groups that the government doesn't want to thrive. And then Bush family. And then the the New World Order conspiracy involves a militarized police force or government descending on these people to take away their guns. So what do we do next? We start descending on these groups to take away their guns. First, Ruby Ridge, which that guy, sure. like that guy, just was accused of selling like a sawed-off shotgun, and yeah. we killed half his family over it. They did kind of overreact. 
The government? Uh, well, both. I think both sides maybe not to be a both sides kind of person, but I think they they both kind of overreacted slightly to uh, to that whole situation. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you're right. <laughs> maybe I, I'm wrong often, so it's fine. Uh, and then Waco happens, and yeah. here's the thing: I'm not a white nationalist, which neither were the people at Waco. That's good. But even I, when that happened and still now looking back on it, was like, that was a bit much. The government really, really acted up in that moment. Yeah. And so if I was noticing it, what do you think the white nationalists were thinking? (laughs) And the anti-government types who had just been, they've just spent decades worrying about the New World Order. And now here comes George Bush to say New World Order. And now it's actually playing out in front of them. So I don't know if that was all intentional. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Ruby Ridge and Waco were intentional, but we know what it caused like that. That's where a lot of these anti-government types who might've been a little more on the fence about it really got radicalized Yeah, to the point that the Oklahoma city bombing happens. Uh, what is it? Two years later uh, after yeah, Waco, I think so. like yeah, one or two years so. later, 96. And so, I, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Or was it 94? No, Nexus was Atlanta, right? The yeah. Atlanta bombing. So 95? Man, the 90s were crazy. Every year was something. <laughs> they Jeez. don't get credit enough, I think. And we romanticize yeah. them so much. Well, the economy was just so good. Yeah. That we just can't think about anything else. That's right. true. <laughs> so so then, like, I know I'm, I'm kind of dragging this out. I'm going to speed through it a little bit. <laughs> So now we're at this point in the mid nineties where we've got conspiracy theorists on one side and that is where the anti-government groups are. And they're like, Oh, spreading their, their talk online and just kind of doing it unabated for a few years. And then nine 11 happens. And I think that's the point where a lot of anti-government types became Republicans. <laughs> yeah. Because now our enemy wasn't, communists which i guarantee everyone pictured as like ivan drago so like at least they're white like <laughs> once 9-11 happened that's a whole other thing and that's where you start seeing these like right-wing patriot types start aligning with republicans instead yeah. mm-hmm. so then what do you drop into the middle of that environment our first black president and his <laughs> middle name is hussein and with that Right-wing extremists go nuts. And here's the thing. People on the left spent eight years going nuts under George Bush. We don't want to admit it or or talk about it anymore. But by the end of those eight years, we were like, Bush is going to put us in FEMA camps. Yeah. No, he yeah. wasn't. Fair, though. Bush was definitely deserving of going crazy. He He is every bit as awful or worse than Trump. So I think... Going crazy was a rational response to the Bush administration. But I also think that's kind of what the government wants. Like, it's not like we've been getting more and more unified as a nation (laughs) since 2000. Like, 2000 in the Bush era is like when it really took off. Yeah. Yeah. And then once Obama takes office, eh, that's not going to make it better. And then near the end of Obama's run like eight years into everyone carrying around a phone that had a camera on it, magically in 2014, police killing black people becomes news. It's like, that's been happening. Like it was just since we're, yes. Like, 
like since yeah, recorded like, history that has been happening. I'm like, no, that's right. the old formula. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are just new fans. Yeah. Of, of police brutality. I've been playing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're late. And so 2014, which I did an Unpops recently about how it was the literal worst year in recent memory, 2020 included. But it was a flashpoint. 2014, that's where Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter both start. And like once that happens, we are as a nation, for the most part, firmly on our teams. There's there's centrists who I think are actually the group the government cares about the most because they just want to be comfortable. Like right, there's status quo. Like right. that's what centrism is about, is the status quo. And that's what the government is trying to protect. Right. And so you have the country divided basically into Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. You drop Trump into the middle of that. And now he is the most polarizing president we've ever had. And so we have the two sides in place. How do you how do you get them to come out? Well, for leftists, it's very simple. Just show people what the police already do. Yeah. You don't have to really rally anyone. Like you, <laughs> there's no other efforts you have to get behind. Just show us those videos and people will respond. Right. Yeah. I mean, it took a good six years before people. Really it took responded. six years and people still uh, are wishy-washy about it. Right. Yeah. But that gets that side of political dissent out into the streets. But how do you, how do you rile up those white nationalists and those anti-government types who feel a little more relaxed because Trump is in office, QAnon. QAnon is how you do that. And you do it by exploiting something fucking intelligence agencies have been exploiting forever, which is pedophilia. That is a tactic governments have been using against their enemies for a long time. Just accuse them of being pedophiles because that tugs at the heartstrings. And we know from the satanic panic that it would work in the United States. Like that's all the satanic panic was, was people freaking out about satanic pedophiles at daycare centers as if yeah. a daycare center. One of the stories was that they slaughtered a giraffe. Like where would they get a giraffe? And how would that's you some daycare center? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's like a great day at daycare. <laughs> Someone's going to drive by and be like, is that a giraffe? Jeez. I have so many questions. Wait. I don't think I've ever seen a giraffe spraying blood before. This is this is unusual. Exactly. And like that's a big neck to like that's a really big neck to slice, you know? Like holy shit. It's a lot of neck. If you got to get the right if part. If I kill a giraffe, that better be a sacrifice that lasts all year. Yeah, that's they, a big they, ass they, animal. Hopefully they <laughs> ate the giraffe. I would I would hope. Don't waste that neck meat. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, even the fact that Trump got elected kind of feels like a honeypot sort of situation to me. I have a quote in the notes. Here we go. In many cases, I probably identify more as Democrat. It just seems that the economy does better under the Democrats than the Republicans. Now, it shouldn't be that way. But if you go back, I mean, it just seems that the economy does better under the Democrats. But we certainly had some very good economies under Democrats as well as Republicans. But we've had some pretty bad disasters under the Republicans. That is Donald Trump talking to Wolf Blitzer in 2004. He's, he's How was it never brought up a lot? 
I think it is it one of the underrated things about Trump is that he used to be a Democrat. And yeah, like the thing about Trump, and I think this is a thing that has kind of gotten accepted and not normalized, but just like people have almost forgotten about it because it is such an ever-present thing. But the the maddening thing when Trump started to run for president was people would keep throwing out all of this kind of stuff and like him calling Republicans stupid and saying that that's why he would run as a Republican and like him going on Howard Stern, like pe- people just nonstop for a year, go, like keep throwing out all this stuff. And he would just, it, he was just Teflon Don. Like he would just like, you know, it would just bounce off of him. Like it really is. It was one of the most maddening things that I think has now just kind of gone by the wayside because people are just used to it. Right. And you have to think about what Donald Trump was to his father. I cannot recommend enough reading the Mary Trump book. She is a clinical psychologist who also grew up with Donald Trump. So the insight you get from that book is fascinating. And she talks a lot about his dad and what his dad wanted out of his kids was for the girls to leave him alone and not talk to him and not expect any affection or love. And well, I, he had never had his cootie shot, so that's just safe. <laughs> that's true. And out of his, his boys, he wanted one of them to become what he called a killer because Fred Trump lacked personality. He was not a guy that could go out and impose his will on the public. And he wanted yeah. one of his sons to be that. He just wanted one of them to be the face of his real estate empire, go out and be an asshole in public when you need to, I'll run everything else. That was Donald Trump's role. And I kind of feel like it's his role now, or it has been for the last four years. Even if he doesn't realize it, I think that has kind of been what he's here to do, which is, and again, I'm not saying Donald Trump is on some secret mission to destroy white nationalists. I'm saying Donald Trump is meant to pull everyone out and get everyone fighting in the streets so people in the middle of that can go can someone just fucking stop this like can we just can i just go have coffee in seattle with my friends again without walking into a riot please stop this (laughs) and that is what will happen we will welcome the government crushing dissent on both sides not all of us will be in prison but everyone else in the middle would be like oh finally things are back to normal like, I yeah. think that is what at least QAnon is about. And I think so it's, Trump is the he's the planned fire. We're going to beg for them to put it out. Kind of. And like you even heard Trump when he was campaigning this year. That's what he was campaigning on. He was campaigning on like he even used the phrase the silent majority. And yeah. the silent majority is a term Nixon coined that referred to people who didn't participate in Vietnam War protests, who weren't a part of the counterculture and who didn't talk about their political views publicly. You uh, can leave the don't talk about their political views publicly in place and replace the other two with Black Lives Matter protests and socialism. That's going to resonate with a lot of people who will hear, well, I don't want to be a white nationalist. I don't want to be a socialist. Uh, If I say either of those things, someone's going to murder me. So I just want that entire situation to go away. That is always who America is working for. The people who, who want uh, things to stay exactly as they are. They play by the rules, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Status quo. The, the, not, the non-troublemakers. Yeah. 
And I kind uh, the, of the losers, losers, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're too cool to pick a club. Join something. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> you gotta get that credit. Come on, like it. Doing the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like kind of a social experiment. Like these these people that storm yeah. the Capitol. I've brought this up before. They spent the entire summer cheering over a law that says if you desecrate a national monument or a government building, it's a 10-year prison sentence. And what's the first thing they do the minute Trump loses? They go storm a government building without wearing masks. And it's like, you wanted that law, and now you're going to go to prison over it. (laughs) Adam, the law wasn't for them. Not for them. Yeah, yeah. Not for them. Exactly. And that's (laughs) what I'm saying. That's the naivety of these people believing any part of the American government had their best interest in mind. And here's the thing. I don't feel bad about it. I want them to walk into this trap. It is what they deserve. Uh, I will say, I, I just, as, as just a, a little bit of pushback, not, not too much because I do think that there's a lot of uh, real uh, like validity to all of this and like real things to think about. But I do want to say, I like, I don't want, I, we 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 trend too close to giving a little bit too much credit to uh the the american people just in general as as a as a group especially the people who are uh angry and dumb enough to be right-wing people like i don't think that they need a lot of uh, if any outside influence to stay mad and hateful even while they're in power i think that that is just in their like personality they just like to be mad they don't have any other way to operate right so but if you're the american government do you do you want that do you just want that to fester forever until they get bold enough to do something like this as a surprise or do you want to be like fuck it let's do it and like i said i'm not saying that the government doesn't have any sort of hand in uh pushing along uh some of these things but i do think that uh they would rather deal with those people because those people, as we've said, when it comes to just how they even treated the the Capitol building itself and 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 the premises, uh, those people have a natural subservience to authority that the people on the left do not have. Even the people who want a strong central government, like I want a strong central government, but I am still a, a pretty strong anti-authoritarian type of person. And, uh, that is a lot more of an unruly kind of person to deal with than a group of people who, as long as you are fucking with the people that they hate, are going to basically go along with anything you want, regardless. Right. Yeah, I think they're yeah. most—they're mostly just mad. Like a lot of the anger and the reason why they didn't have any demands when they got to the floor <laughs> of the Senate or anything uh, is because all they really wanted was an assurance that things will still continue to be bad for the people that they hate. Oh, definitely. And I think that's kind of the tension that will keep them coming out over the next few years. Because here's the thing. We're going to get criminal justice reform of some sort. Like Biden has to do it. There is absolutely no way. But there's also no way we're going to just let our private prisons be empty. Like, but I will say like, but it's just so again, it's just so funny that they're too stupid to see when they've got it good, because we might get criminal justice reform under Biden, but there is no chance of it being criminal justice reform that would not benefit those same people who were storming the Capitol. 
Like, there's just no way. It'll only be to their benefit. Right. But they all, these are the same people who cheered for a law and then blatantly broke it. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. They're very stupid. They're very dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like stupid, dumb, angry people. But it's just that, but that's the, that's kind of my point is like, if they would just like settle down (laughs) a little bit and like actually look at, the reality of who is about to enter office, they would have a lot less to be super upset about, honestly. Yeah, yeah look up Biden's record, you idiots. <laughs> honestly, it's not like the left hasn't been shoving it in their face for like a year and a half. Like they, all they would have to do is listen to us, but no, they they, they hate us, so they, they, they can't do that. But if they would just listen to the leftists, they would know that Biden is actually kind of their guy. He would, they'd probably really like him if they, if they actually <laughs> listened to him. I think coronavirus is going to put the country in a similar situation to this because right now with this insurrection happening, a lot of people who don't trust the police have to kind of trust the police. Like I I read an article about a a girl who was in, she's a black lives matter activist. She didn't want to be named because within her group, you don't call the police. But she was also seeing all this shit saying, well, we're going to attack the Capitol on January 6th. We're going to kill activists. We're going to kill. And she was like, fuck it. I'm going to call the FBI. And of course, the FBI didn't do anything. But I I feel like coronavirus is going to be that next thing where people on the left, like, I don't want to put a government app on my phone, but I also want to be able to leave the house at some point. And I don't doubt that if coronavirus gets bad enough, the government will be like, yeah, you can leave the house. Do you have that pass that shows you've been vaccinated? It's what South Korea did and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. Mm. Not everyone's going to want that vaccine. Well, no, obviously. No, I mean, it's... And then what happens? The whole, Do people just the not... The problem with America. Are people just not allowed to leave the house? Yeah. I mean, well, no, because what's going to happen is we're just going to... We're going to go back to business as usual. All, all the businesses are going to open up like normal. Uh, people are going to go back to work normally. All the shelter in place orders are going to go away and people are just going to keep dying every day in the thousands, the tens of tens of thousands. And we're just going to pretend like it's not happening because that's the easiest way to get back to normal. Quick note about the vaccine. Um, My girl is in um, the medical field. So she, they have the option of getting the vaccine, but we did some research into it. There actually is, it can cause complications and fertility in women. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's I mean, any dish. anything like this, like that's. I mean, that is just a, a a thing for public health. Like any sort of massive public health program that is being rolled out this fast. Like the fact that we even have a shitty vaccine this fast is just kind of a testament to how dire the whole COVID situation is. Because those things take fucking years to make. Yeah. Like every every vaccine even for very pressing like diseases so like yeah i think these first few vaccines are going to have those kinds of uh like side effects and the it's just going to have to be a case where the possible like negative side effects are going you, you have to decide whether they outweigh the possibility of catching COVID or giving COVID to your friends or relatives. It's, right. And and I don't know that every American, I mean, obviously every American won't make the same decision and uh, they won't necessarily be wrong, but at the same time, 
it yeah it's just tough like i our if our government had handled this at all <laughs> in the entire last year then maybe we wouldn't be put in these kinds of situations where we have to make yeah. those decisions but yeah it fucking sucks yeah and what i think I think a similar thing is going to happen, especially if Biden takes office and puts a national lockdown in place, because we're already seeing anti-mask protests. Like even in L.A., people are showing up at malls and just like getting in people's faces and being ooga booga and like not wearing masks. Yeah, it's it's happening in L.A. a bunch. It's happening all over the country. And again, what these people don't realize, like, Pay attention to what your president is doing. In April of 2020, Trump and his Department of Justice passed a law that makes intentionally spreading coronavirus an act of bioterrorism. Oh, I don't like that. That's so, not good. Yeah, and that's the thing. When it when it happened, people on the left were like, ooh. Now what, what qualifies as spreading it on purpose? Like, just not wearing a mask. That like, what is makes the, you, that's uh, not how these laws work. Yeah, as as a <laughs> as, as as a person of Arab descent, I I am uh, immediately uh, terrified whenever somebody for fa- like makes a law like that. That is immediately a red flag for me. Yeah, I just yeah. I'm not a fan of just outright declaring that someone is a is a terrorist. That's yeah. not good. And that they bad. the the law says if you do it, you can be charged as a terrorist and i think all these anti-mask fucks who think donald trump is on their side don't realize that law was passed and so the minute there is a national lockdown there's going to be another insurrection where all these anti-mask types take to the streets and fucking law and order happy joe biden is going to be like get in prison bub it's a bunch of malarkey you're doing (laughs) and you cannot (laughs) do malarkey around joe biden and who's gonna it be mad just, who who would be mad or is anyone gonna be I mad would. <laughs> i would not be happy about anything like that personally but i will say it is just america is just so shitty and bad like i th- those are very basic and elementary things to say but like what a, what a stupid country if we had just fucking shut everything down and just paid businesses to stay closed and pay people to stay home, then half of this dissent and half of this out like problems wouldn't even be happening. Like it's just ridiculous. Like yeah, but after it, it, they're right. just giving themselves problems by following these shitty principles. Right, but immediately after it happened, all your favorite leftist podcasts let Mark Cuban come on and tell the world that that's not what we should do. Well, I don't have any favorite leftist <laughs> podcasts, so I don't know what you're referring to. We uh, made the rounds on podcasts right I after will, right after it, coronavirus started. He I went on a bunch of it, podcasts and was like, "Oh, we got to any any leftist podcast that has Mark Cuban on is no longer a leftist <laughs> podcast." Like, I'm sorry, that is you Correct. just relinquished your card. I'll never uh, have dinner with the president. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just. They, it, the government really shot themselves in the foot with this whole coronavirus thing because if they because if they were purposely trying to build dissent like a manageable dissent that could then be you know fired against each the other side leaving a state where the centrists can live in their peaceful gray utopia like 
if they if that was their intention, then they did a really shitty job of it this year because oh well, uh, I don't all they needed to do was give people money and it would have been a lot more manageable. And yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that. Like, I want to make it really clear. I'm not saying that the government created COVID and oh well, no, spread no, it intentionally. I'm not saying that either. But I 100% think COVID is an opportunity the government or is a thing a lot of governments saw as an opportunity as much as it was a crisis. And I feel like one of the positive side effects for the the man who's trying to hold people down when it comes to coronavirus is there is going to be this point where people who are clearly like some of the most radicalized people in the country because they're willing to go out and ignore science in the middle of a pandemic to prove their point. Like this government doesn't want those people in place, man. They will happily round them up and arrest them for taking to the streets. If there's a national lockdown, but if they didn't want them doing that, then they should have paid them money to stay home. Like what do you think is worse? Taking advantage of a situation or creating a situation they take advantage of. Mm. I, I mean, worse, I don't know. But I do think that taking advantage of a situation is, that is for real the government playbook and has been the government playbook in every country for years. Like, I mean, that's the that's the classic, I believe, Churchill line, which is never let a good crisis go to waste, which was then said uh, by the Bush administration on 9-11 uh, regarding Iraq. It was said in uh, by Rob Emanuel regarding the economic crisis in 2008. Like that is that is a for real government mantra is never let a good crisis go to waste. And I think that explains just as much as any sort of like purposeful action on the part of the government to build any of these movements. Yeah, that's the thing. Like even if this like everything I laid out here wasn't an active plot or like a plan on the part of the government, there is no question that the events that happen along the way, they took advantage of kind of in the way I described, like absolutely either way. I just feel like somehow anti-government activists starting in the early nineties allowed them to be duped into what's happening right now. All of that, like setting up your Facebook groups and being a fucking asshole online. Like all of it is going to culminate into you literally walking into prison. Like, (laughs) like it's going, and like, if it gets super duper out of hand, it's going to culminate in the government taking guns. Like, like, yeah, I mean, the the government should just take guns anyway. uh, Yeah. If you're going to use a gun to protect (laughs) yourself from government tyranny, then why do you care whether it's legal to begin with? Right, but those aren't the only yeah, people like, who have guns. Like, no, like, no, no. Uh, I that's what I'm saying is like, if it, you know, I, I I've got no problem with uh, strict gun laws because the people who you want to use guns to defend yourself against are the, are the government. Oh, fuck those so motherfuckers just, too. Like, yeah, I'm not talking so about. Just, so just use illegal guns. Like, I'm just saying. Like, well, just that's use, just just get illegal guns. Well, that's what Don't I'm. A, that that's the point, though. The government's going to go after illegal guns too. And they, yeah. they should already, technically. Yeah, but you know what that's going to look like, right? That's yeah. us saying, hey, can you send that militarized police force into black and brown neighborhoods to just yeah. go door to door and get all the guns? Yeah, the no, residents it, will love yeah. it. It'll be fine. It's quite a conundrum. 
Yeah, no, I know, I know, I, I'm, I'm aware of that dilemma in particular, but yeah, it, it, uh, I, I don't have too much of the, the moral gumption about the, about the guns thing. It's the other stuff that's slightly more concerning. What about this? What if we all get guns? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that's literally what I'm saying. Like, I think we should all have guns. Just guns <laughs> for just everyone. Not legal, just, but just not legal ones. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, how else am I going to defend myself when these fucking crazy uh, Trump people that live around me decide to act up and uh, come after me? You know, I'm not going to be using a legal gun against them. Certainly not. (laughs) Yeah, that's just the most baffling thing that this crowd that started out as, well, we have to have guns to keep us safe from a tyrannical government have done this 180 over the past couple decades to where they're now like oh we love the government so much oh my god yeah. president Tr- are yeah. you kidding me president trump like yeah that's the government we want forever and it's like why because you think you can say yeah. the n-word in public like you're <laughs> you're willing to give yes, up all why. your ideals for that and it's like yeah we sure are yeah that's absolutely that's i'm excited to do it oh my god uh, yeah, that's the thing is like, that's why I kind of said that up top is like the actual militias and groups who are fully anti-government are, I think, uh, a lot smaller of a voice now than maybe than they used to be in the 90s, definitely, because they were definitely huge in the 90s. That's like, uh, you know, McVeigh and, and the Unabomber and all these guys who were just hardcore anti-government. Uh, I think that is a little passe. Now, I think it's much more we want to be an authoritarian, but our size authoritarian. Right. Not you guys. You guys don't get it. Only us. I think that's the main motivating factor. I mean, like, obviously, there are still the anti-government types trying to, like, get in and and make their moves. But, yeah. Man, crazy times. (laughs) Truly, truly crazy. But, uh, yeah. And, again, I'm not saying... The government has been on a crusade of good to rid the country of bigots. I just think they want to get no. rid of dissent altogether. And no, like, I think I think you're pro government. I think you I think you want to <laughs> hug and kiss the government. I think you I think you love them. Because that's the thing I brought up on the Unpops pod yesterday too. Is that even if there's this big clash and we see the government uh, just like mowing people down, like. Do we then trust the government to not just do the same thing when there's a Black Lives Matter protest? I sure don't. And when they do, I don't think, when they do, yeah. they'll be like, you cheered for it last time. And we'll be right. like, but that was different. And they'll be like, turns out it wasn't. That's why I'm not cheering about any of the F- like, I, that's why I don't uh, uh, agree with the people who are trying to narc to the FBI about these people. I think that is morally reprehensible if you're a le- if you're a leftist or a liberal. Uh, and you know, I, I just, uh, they'll get what, what's coming to them eventually by one way or another or, or whatever, but the FBI are not your friends just because they happen to be going after people that you don't like right now. Uh, and I don't, but I do think that they, they, you know, these, these, these fringe right wing groups, you know, they think that they've got a lot of the cops and the military on their side. And honestly, I don't 
disagree with them. I don't really think that they are necessarily wrong. I think that maybe a lot of, I think there's more people in those positions who agree uh, than maybe uh, people realize. And that I don't think it would come to, if it's just the right-wing people, you know, like doing something like they did on the, at the Capitol or doing something bigger or work, I don't even know what it could possibly be. I don't think it'll come down to a shootout with the government and these, and these right-wing people. I don't think that it'll happen. I think it'll, they, they won't go that far. Uh, they just want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, I also think the government would be more than happy to let those people think that like, like, the, here's the thing. The military's just, not all going to be QAnon. Like, QAnon is still a very fringe belief. Like, like no. Scientology is huge, and by that we mean there's 25,000 Scientologists in the United yeah. States. Like, there's probably more QAnon people than that, but even then, yeah. you have to carve out uh, the police and the military from the idiots who just think they're larping or whatever the fuck but i also don't think that QAnon people necessarily make up even the majority of the people who want take took action at the capitol or want to take action like that right again i think that the QAnon people i didn't see like i saw a little some q things like scattered throughout the crowd but uh it was mostly the don't tread on me flag and and the trump flag and that sort of thing but i do think that you know the government is just i think if if the last year and plus has proved anything, it's that the government is incredibly stupid and and, and incompetent in a lot of ways. Uh, so I don't I don't know. I, I would I wouldn't I I don't I hesitate to assign too much uh, strategizing, at least domestic strategizing, to them is the thing. So do you think Joe Biden is going to die at the inauguration? I have no idea. This is why I was just saying about predictions. I have no fucking idea. I do think the inauguration day is going to be uh, interesting to watch. Uh, I think that uh, if you think that nothing is going to happen on that day, then you are hopelessly naive. But I could never predict what is going to happen. He could just have a William Henry Harrison term and that's it. Like that's just it. That's his that's his max. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought we, I thought we already settled this. As long as the velvet rope so that he's, he's going to do great. <laughs> exactly. Fine. This is the thing. I hope that the Biden administration, the future Biden administration is listening to this podcast. And if they are, I'm not going to suck up to you like I did to the world order <laughs> and the aliens. Uh, <laughs> but you should take the idea about the velvet ropes because I think that is dynamite. Yeah. yeah. They, they clearly respect them a lot. They probably never seen them. <laughs> no they're all fucking <laughs> stockholders and business people like they they've seen a velvet rope or two yeah they know the rules all right well i think that's our episode this was a long one thank you both i appreciate it yeah, uh this is fun problem, huh? do yeah. we have anything to plug before we get out of here patreon.com slash unpops unpops network.supercast.tech that's all i got sliceberg what do you got um, I am with a new company now. It's called Waxfly. It is a record delivery service. They will send you um, a package of five to six records a month. If you sign up for an annual plan, use my name, Sliceburg Slim, you will get 5% off your subscription price. But they're pretty cool, though. They send you a lot of good records um, once a month. You can listen to them, use them, make music, do whatever. It's good for DJs, music enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, 
produces. So is it just like random records or do you pick the ones they send you? Oh, uh, no, totally random. So it was like, you never know. Huh. Other day I got a record from, I got a Jackie Gleason record. I got the soundtrack okay. to all in, the, all in the Family. Just some wild <laughs> shit. It's pretty cool though. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Okay. Olivia, do you got anything to plug? You know, not really. I'm on I'm on Twitter at hi there hi dar. Uh, I do these podcasts occasionally. I got another thing in the works, kind of th- kind of working on. So hopefully, maybe next time I'm on, I'll have something a little more to plug. But uh, for now, that's it. All right, let's get out of here, Olivia. Say goodbye. Bye, Sliceberg. Say goodbye. See you guys. Have a good one. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 